Hi, and welcome to the East Valley Entrepreneurs Podcast. We're your hosts. This is Krista. This is Maggie. This is John. And we're Zenith Marketing and Sales. Today we're interviewing Ryan Danto with Primerica. If you've done any amount of networking in the East Valley, you've probably met Ryan. He truly believes that in order to build your business, you need to build relationships. So in addition to being a financial advisor, he also is the co-founder of One Networking, which is a free networking group in East Mesa. Please enjoy. So we're sitting down with uh, Ryan Danto today. Uh, he's a financial advisor, and we'd love to just ask him some questions about him, his business, kind of find out a little backstory. So thanks for being with us today, Ryan. Of course, it's a pleasure. So t- tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, how did you get involved in what you're doing now and where you're going? And so just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's funny. I, um, I, I'm young, but I feel like I have a lot of mileage for some reason. Um, you know, I, I originally got started in the services world because I had a lot of money problems. You know, I went to school in New York for like advanced automotive repair and um, collision repair, diagnostics, engine performance and all that good stuff. And uh, when I graduated after working for three years there, and taking all my money to pay off loans while I was in school at $40,000 worth of student loan debt. And it's not a lot, I mean, compared to what most people have, but you know, you're 21, 22 years old, starting life, 40 grand in a hole, it kind of hurts a little bit, you know? And so I was super diligent. Um, I just really wanted to get out of debt. It was the only thing that I had over me. Um, So I I moved down to Arizona, um, always paid on time, never missed a payment. Always adding extra money on it, you know, multiple times a month, and just doing everything I can, I could to get out of debt. And after about three years, I pulled up a couple statements, and I had paid that forty thousand dollars all the way down to thirty-seven thousand dollars. And that was really what kind of hit me like a brick. Is just stepping back and feeling like I was never going to get out of debt. And it's nuts because forty grand isn't very much. You know, there, there's um, definitely a lot worse going on since we're wildly undereducated when it comes to finances um, but I was in- introduced um, you know to the financial world by a real good friend of mine out of Canada and you know she introduced me to an office out here and essentially put me on a financial plan that said if I simply follow the plan and simply utilized and internalized this basic basic financial information that I'll be completely out of debt in two and a half years and you know, I kind of stepped back from that. I was like, "Well, like I've been paying this for three years. <laughs> like, yeah, you need to leave, right? Like, what is this crap, right? Two and a half years, come on." And so I stuck to it. Um, did everything that it said it uh, said I should. Definitely was a lot more conscious about where my money was going, and ended up paying off that remaining thirty-seven thousand dollars in thirteen months. Wow. And you know, it was kind of at that point where I realized, yeah, that's incredible that I was able to do that. But if I can do it, that means anybody can do it. And so I. You know, kind of went on a mission just telling as many people as I could, you know, this is how you organize your finances. This is basic information. Anybody can make a significant amount of money. Anybody can become wealthy. Anybody can really get a control um, on their finances. It's really, really simple. We just don't learn it anywhere. And so, you know, after seeing that and kind of looking at the state of the country, financially anyway, you know, I just made a decision that everybody needs to know as, as much as they possibly can on a, on a basic level of, of finances. And I just really wanted to expose how corrupt the financial services industry was. And the nice thing about it is that there's so many problems out there, I don't need to create problems. All I, all I do is provide solutions, you know, so it's uh, definitely a fulfilling thing to do, for sure. 
or, so that, that's kind of how I got started in the financial world. Okay. So how long ago was that? Uh, that's coming up on four years. Wow. Yeah, about four years ago. Yeah, it's been, uh, it seems like 20. <laughs> okay. But it also feels like it's gone by extremely quick. You know, it's definitely a roller coaster of a ride. But um, yeah, about four years now. And like, like I said, definitely a lot of miles in the last four years. I learned a lot, met a lot of great people. Um, definitely won't have it any other way. So what was your biggest mistake that you made in business? What? Yeah, my biggest mistake in business, you know, I think this kind of kind of pays an homage to the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, I thought I knew it all. I thought I could do it on my own. You know, I had some, and I still do have some incredible mentors, you know, incredible people in my life that have done this for decades. And uh, for whatever reason, Know, me coming out of school and I paid off a little bit of debt that I was running the world you know so uh, I'll say my biggest mistake was not following coaching and mentorship as closely as I should have in the beginning and it's funny because the the more you learn and the more experienced you become the longer in the industry the more you rely on those mentors and I think you should right you should link arms and you know be always become closer with those people the more you learn and so it was I did it backwards, <laughs> right? um, but yeah, it, it was definitely not um, not taking the coaching I should have early on. So my next question, I think that you kind of answered, but what did you really learn that you can apply now to your business from making that move into business where you thought you knew more than what you really knew? Yeah, um, I think that's one of the most humbling things and one of the most important things many people can do is realizing that you don't know everything and you actually as a matter of fact you don't know anywhere close to any everything um i think that not only our relationships are important but it's important to listen to those relationships and kind of view the world as you only know so much and there's a lot a lot of gaps in your knowledge and every time you speak to somebody or listen to somebody you have the opportunity to have them fill those gaps in so always listen to somebody as if um, they know something that you don't because they do you know, and so um, just being very open, understanding that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? And, um, you know, just really approaching every situation as if you don't know anything about it, but still maintain that confidence uh, as well. Because obviously that's extremely important as well. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely say um, humbling yourself as to what, what you know in business. Because uh, there's always somebody out there that knows more. Okay. So you mentioned that you, you went through a lot of things to get to the you're an old soul in a young man's body, right? <laughs> so so how, how do people get to know you so that they can overlook the age factor, mm -hmm. right? For those of you who can't see Ryan right now, Ryan is a very young-looking guy <laughs> in a very seasoned industry. So how, how do you come across to help people understand that it's more of what I know and learned that mm -hmm. can help you instead of just my yeah, I think the first thing is educating the people that we speak to. Um, this is an industry, like you said, it's, it's a very seasoned industry. I believe the average financial advisor is 55 years old, and that, that even that's a couple years old, so probably 56 or 57 at this point. And so in an industry that has that much um, time behind it, that much age behind it, it's, it's more important than ever to have young people in this industry. You know, you give it five, maybe 10 years, and it's gonna be, there already is a huge shortfall for financial advisors, and it's only gonna get exponentially worse in the next few years. And I think that um, there's a couple of reasons why. One, uh, I think it's a scary industry. 
You know, I think that when you think of finances and stock markets and trends and the economy and stuff like that, a lot of people just com- it goes completely over the head because it makes no sense. And I think that's where a lot of us go wrong because it's actually very, very simple. We just don't learn this stuff in school. You know, we did take business 101 in high school. You know, we learned more about the mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell that we did how to balance a checkbook and how credit cards work. And I've never once used the fact that, the, you know, the knowledge of the mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell, except right now, right? Um, but I mean, we're always talking about taxes and credit cards and checkbooks and, you know, we, we use that every day. And so I think it, it's wildly important to understand that even though this is, it seems like an old, complicated industry, it's not. It's, it's, it's a very new industry. There's a lot of new technology in it that's simplifying everything. And it's a very, very simple concept. You just simply need to save more money than you spend. You know, it's not, it's not what you make. It, it's, it's what you save. And I think that's a crucial, crucial piece of advice that everybody needs to adhere to. You know, I believe the average American right now is spending about $1.30 for every dollar that they make. And that doesn't allow you to retire. That doesn't allow you to become financially independent. You need to save more money. And it's, it's really that simple. There's not a lot to it. Okay. So, so when you're dealing with people, right, um, how, how, do, how do you break the barrier, right? How do you educate them to overcome the problems that mm-hmm. you foresee or the problems that they're facing? Are there certain techniques that you use or Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think the, a powerful aspect of that is um, just telling my story, you know, and I, I love my story because it's not a complicated one, but I think there's a lot of people that can relate to it, and, you know, that gaining that trust is a huge one as well. I think that you primarily need to build a relationship. I mean, you guys know, you know, from the, from the networking group that, you know, we, we've talked a lot about relationships, we talked a lot about what happiness comes from, like, true happiness, not, like, uh, an artificial happiness but true happiness comes from relationships and I think that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love this field and love this industry is because I can simply just focus on relationships and everything else will fall into place you know like the our, our products and services speak for themselves um, numbers don't lie right and so the the, the byproduct of the product is that it, it kind of takes care of itself so all I need to do is work on the relationship and so once you have that relationship built you've kind of already won because the worst case scenario is you have a new friend Right. And so after that relationship is built, it's a very simple conversation about basic financial concepts and the, and the big three financial concepts, um, you know, across the board is saving money, you know, making sure that you have a plan to save money, getting out of debt because it's extremely difficult to save money if you're spending it on debt and then making sure that your entire plan is properly protected. And I think that when you can educate somebody really simply on those three things, um, it empowers them to never be taken advantage of financially ever again because now they know. You know, it's a, it's an industry where financial companies profit off of ignorance, and so we allow our, our clients and our families and friends to arm themselves with the education that allows them to not be taken advantage of. So, with relationships being so important, mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of brought us together because of your desire to build relationships with businesses. Mm-hmm. Not just you trying to sell businesses, but with one networking. And this started, what, two and a, two and a half years ago, two years ago? Uh, yeah, coming up on coming up on two years it must be. Yeah, has it been that long? <laughs> two years? Wow. Yes, it's your second Christmas. Yeah. So what, what was your concept there? I mean, this is, 
some background here. One Networking is a free networking group. Mm -hmm. uh, I think highly professional people attend it. It is not your normal free networking group that most people think about. Mm -hmm. So what was your concept in moving forward with One? Yeah, it's funny because One is, is it's one of those groups that from the inside of it, explaining it to somebody else, you can't explain it. You know, from the inside looking out, you can't really explain it. And from the outside looking in, you don't really understand it. You know, I, I, it's, it's always very cool to have people show up for the first time. Like, this was an incredible group. And it's like, yeah, and it's free, you know. Um, but w when we originally started networking, you know, Kylie and I, we went to a ton of different networking groups. We were checking out chambers. We were checking out, you know, meetup groups. We were at a, a ton. Of, I mean, that's how we, we met Maggie. And that, that was a blessing. So I guess there was some good in it, right? Uh, but we went to a ton of different groups. And there was just always something. You know, I was under the impression that a networking group is there so that you can network. And build relationships. So why am I spending six, seven, eight hundred dollars a year to build a relationship? I can do that for free, right? Why am I required to be there? Why am I required to pass X amount of referrals? Why are these all, all these requirements when you go into business by yourself or for yourself for freedom, right? It, it was completely contradictory, which at least made sense to me at the time. And so Kylie and I made decisions like, hey, let's just start our own group. <laughs> you know, let's let's just go for it, right? Like, like it can't be that difficult. And so we had spent about six weeks inviting tons of people. We must have invited two or three hundred people over the course of six weeks. Um, definitely made way more phone calls than that. But um, we, we, we put together one networking and we wanted to remove all requirements. We didn't want to have a fee. We didn't want to have a weekly, monthly, annual due. We didn't want attendance requirements. We didn't want X amount of referrals. You had to do this. You, all you had to do was show up with a good attitude, a smile, and business cards. And really not even business cards, you know, <laughs> but definitely a smile. And, you know, we, we did not expect it to flourish into what it has. You know, we, we had made sure that we opened it up to multiple different people in the same industry. And um, yeah, I don't know if you remember, but early on we had, I believe three or four real estate agents or three or four like loan officers in the group. And they pass the most business to each other, you know, because one focused on, you know, bringing renters and turning them into buyers. One focused on, you know, out-of-state first-time home buyers. One focused on, you know, veterans and 55 plus. And one worked with, like, reverse mortgages. And so, like, opening it up like that not only allowed them to collaborate on a great scale, but you also knew that if you were going to a networking group and somebody else was there in your same category, you were showing up professionally. You were not going to be late. You're going to take care of yourself. You're going to take care of others. You're going to be professional. And so that, you know, the, the concept of the free networking group, the value truly comes from its members. The, the value comes from the people that are in it. The value comes from the environment and the atmosphere. And it, it truly has grown into something that we, we didn't expect when we started, but we're, we were so thankful and so blessed for every single person that has ever come to the group, even if you've only been here once. You know, every member in the group has been nothing short of a, a huge asset to it. And so uh, that, that, that's, that's how one kind of came together. <laughs> and now we're coming up on two years. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so what advice do you give to the entrepreneur? I mean, you, you've uh, young age started a very successful business. Mm -hmm. You look and help other people. So what advice do you give to the person that's just starting out? Mm -hmm. You know, there's... I think that's a question that is asked a lot and answered a lot. There's a, there's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, but I think it's important to understand that a lot of people simply don't work. A lot of people don't put in the work. 
Uh, you know, our, our, our founder always said that 90% of winning is simply being excited. You know, 5% is showing up and the last 5% is a dogfight, right? But you don't have to worry about that last 5% unless you do the first 95. And so, you know, as long as you have a strong belief in what you have and you're passionate about, you know, you need to be excited. If you're not excited, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. You need to wake up every single morning ecstatic. You need to go to bed every single night excited to wake up in the morning. And you know, that, that excitement is really truly what keeps things going, but you can't stop. I think too, 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 too often people quit before they reach that, that, that point of you know, explosiveness. Right? I love the analogy of you know, like, uh, rocket boosters leaving Earth's atmosphere, right? Like they are 100% full throttle wide open until they break through the atmosphere and then you can shut that fuel off and do 15,000 miles an hour without using a drop of fuel, you know, but you need to get past that point. It's a lot of work. It's a ton of work, but it, it's so worth it. And I, I don't think people stick it out long enough. I don't think people stay excited long enough. It's very easy to stay excited for a day. You know, a few stay excited for a couple of years, but it's, it's the champions and the winners that stay excited for decades and over a lifetime. Those are really the ones that, that, that do big things. Okay. So, Mr. Positive here. <laughs> right? You, you've talked about, so what do you do, Ryan, at one of those days when you wake up and just say, I don't want to do this today? Mm -hmm. What do you tell yourself? Yeah, you, you know, there, there's a lot of people that don't want to do things every day. There's a lot of people that don't have that choice. And I know that it's on me to take care of those people. I know it's on me to make sure that I'm living the life I want to, that Kylie's able to live the life that she wants to, that our family and generations are able to live that life that we want to. And so really holding on to that why and understanding why we're doing this, it makes any daily heartache or daily disaster completely minor in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, there's, there's always a, a balance between logic and emotion. And sometimes it logically makes no sense to keep pushing forward, but that's where you need to allow your emotion to come in and your emotion to take over to win. And sometimes you're completely emotionally drained and you don't want to do anything and it's a, it was a late night and early morning, but that's where logic comes in. You need to have that logical conversation with yourself as to why you need to keep pushing on, right? So I think you, we, we all need that reminder and we need to put that reminder on the forefront of our mind on a daily basis or else it is very easy to stop. It is very easy to quit. You know, that, that value needs to be there. You need, you need to find out what that why is. And that why can't be a, you know, the, the diplomatic why, right? Like, oh, I want to retire mom or I want to retire my parents. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that's incredible. We should do that. But everybody says that. What truly gets you going, right? What makes you tear up? What, what gets you fired up? What, what causes you to be emotional? What makes your face turn red when you think about it, right? Like what, what truly is your why? Is it because somebody made fun of you when you were a kid and you want to prove them wrong? Because I think that's completely valid. Run with it if that's what motivates you, right? Um, is it because you had a, you know, a jacked up family and you want to fix things for your family? Like whatever it may be, you, you truly need to mean it. And I don't think that you're, that why is an easy thing to find. I think it's far too artificial in you know, 2019, unfortunately. Um, but tr truly having that reason to keep going and remembering it, it's, uh, you know, you, you don't get upset over little things anymore. You, you truly don't. I think that when your schedule is packed, you don't have time to get upset over little things. <laughs> so stay busy. Keep the action going for sure. So this leads to a question you can answer. If you don't want to answer, it's too personal. What is your why? I mean, what is putting you where you're at now? Mm -hmm. What's that one why that keeps you going? Yeah, no, my, my why is right there. Um, it, it's my mom. And, you know, we... 
you know, I say that a lot. Like, I think if you say your mom is your why, it's a stupid why. Um, but uh, I, I only say that when it's surface level because that's a very easy thing to do. Um, but I mean, that lady has done so much for me. You know, she is, um, you know, she was a single mother. You know, we went through a lot of different things moving, you know, in Canada and, you know, to the U.S. and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I every time, you know, I wake up in the morning and don't want to do something, I know that she woke up for years and probably didn't want to do things, but she had an obligation or at least a moral obligation to make sure that, you know, I was taken care of and that I was doing things properly. And for me to take the life that she has blessed me with and waste it, it it's an absolute mess. You know, it's, it, that's not a good thing. And, you know, you, you don't truly know what the future holds. You know, I have this quote over here. It says, I, I didn't know they were going to need me. You know, and what, what scares the absolute hell out of me, I like to say that, what's, what, what's, what's, you know, scares the absolute hell out of me is, 10 years from now, wishing that I worked harder because somebody's on their deathbed and I can't go see them or wishing that I worked hard because there's some, you know, a great friend of mine that can't afford something. And, you know, for, for those of you that don't have a why, I think that's fine, but know that you will one day and you don't want to regret not working harder. You know, I sometimes I'm like, man, I don't know why I work so hard, but I do know that I don't want to regret not working hard because it's, it sucks a lot more to not work hard and wish that you had than work too hard and wish that you had. And I don't think anybody's ever looked back and like, man, I wish I didn't build it so big. You know, I wish I didn't have money or help that many people, right? So um, I think the the fear of the unknown is, is one thing, not knowing who's going to need me, but for sure that, that woman right there, without a doubt. So if you could talk to your mom today, what? I talk to her every day. I talk to her every day. I tell her she's crazy. I don't know why she put up with me for so long. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll definitely tell her that I, I love her. Um, she she's just an absolutely in, incredible woman. You know the amount of support that she's given me throughout the years, um, through everything. Because I've made some bad decisions. I, I've I've made some really bad decisions in the past, but she she was always there to, you know, encourage me to do better, encourage me to move forward, and you know, I, I look back at why and person I am and it's always because of things that she had said you know I was talking to George earlier today and it's funny because we, we do have these traumatic times and we have these crazy things that happen in our life but it seems to be the small things that make the biggest difference you know like she always encouraged me to leave places better than you found them you know or at least not worse <laughs> you know she always, she always um, you know she was a really big one on always telling the truth you know like she just despised liars and so I, I kind of a, adopted that as well and it took a while you know but you know, the, the, the things that she had, um, you know, implemented in me, uh, I, I can truly never repay it. I, I simply can't. But what I can do is I can take that and really try to expand it and give everybody else the same opportunity and the same amount of knowledge to really, really grow. You know, but I, I can't pay her back. You know, that's what, you know, this this was a, um, uh, a poem that I wrote for. You know, I think that was really the best thing I can put into words, but, you know, it, it, it's really just about the relationship between a, a mother and a son, and, you know, I know that she's extremely proud of me, but the truth is, like, I'm way more proud of her, you know, and so I, I think that really, uh, that, I, I hope she knows that, I hope she knows how much I love and pre appreciate her. So, to wrap this up, right, I think everybody's, you kind of given a window to your soul here. Where do you see yourself in five years? Mm -hmm. right. what, what could you tell yourself, right? So, 
This is something that I think a lot of my mentors hate me for, um, for not planning out the next five or 10 years. And, you know, I, I, I simply never have. And the reason why is so much can happen in five years. If you were asking me if I'd be sitting here five years ago, I think you'd be, you got the wrong person. You know, like that is not me. I'm going to own a hot rod shop in New York. You were talking about Arizona, Arizona, you know, so like even in like the last year, like when I thought I'd, I'd be where I was, so things change so often, but I do know that I will be exactly where I want to be because I like to break things down on a daily basis. I like to look, I like to look at what can I do today? Don't worry about tomorrow. It's not here yet. There's enough things to worry about today. Don't worry about yesterday. It's already there and you, you need to take that for what it's worth. Um, but I'm a strong believer in living every single day the, the best that you can and not closing doors, right? Keep all your options open, you know, keep, keep your head on a swivel, always look for opportunity. And then, you know, five years from now, if you spent the last five years doing things properly and taking advantage of opportunities and doing everything you can to build relationships and do what's right, um, you'll, you'll, you'll be a lot further than you are. I feel that if you set a goal, cause a goal can be limited, you know, then you're just focused on one thing, but I think your focus should just be personal growth on a daily basis. And that will take you to heights that you never would have expected, you know, and I, and I 100% know that people disagree with me on that. I hear it all the time, but you know, Hey, it's worked and it makes things extremely fun. <laughs> You're really just living on the edge. So thank you so much for spending this time with us to help people get to know you a little bit better. And then, so thanks again, Ryan. And if there's anything you can do, sit down and talk to you, Ryan. Likewise, likewise, you guys, uh, you, both of you guys played a huge role in our, our lives and you know we got a lot of love for you guys as well so i love what you got going on you know you got my full support to help out with absolutely and definitely appreciate the opportunity thank you we hope you enjoyed today's episode you can find a copy of this podcast as well as ryan's contact information at zenithaz.com slash podcast thank you for tuning in i hope your day is as awesome as you are